Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. On today's episode, we're going to talk about assumptions and the stories that we tell ourselves. This episode is actually inspired by my own personal life and my own personal relationship with you, Jenna. Um, as I began to witness a really recurrent assumption that I had been making for quite some time. So for my best over the course of several months of our relationship, I kept having this idea that I and our relationship, our personal relationship was not a priority. Um, I kept seeing moments in our day. And of course, for those of you who are not aware, um, Jenna and I live together. We work together. We're in a personal relationship together. So there's a lot of togetherness. And I kept finding myself seeing all of these moments where, as far as I saw it, at least, Jenna, you were prioritizing everything else. It was work. It was, you know, all of this other things that happen in our life on a very daily basis, in my opinion, kept getting your attention before myself. And I noticed in my own mind, because this is where we create our assumptions, I kept creating this story. I kept revisiting this story that I am not a priority. And of course, the more I looked for evidence, which I did very frequently of how I wasn't a priority for you, the more I saw that evidence. And of course, feeling like you're not a priority to someone that you love and care about was really, really upsetting. I found myself hurt a lot. And of course, I didn't speak any of this to you for a very long time. I was just harboring this and creating a lot of upset, a lot of anger, and really moving toward being resentful of everything else in your life that was getting your time and attention. And one day, we were joking before the podcast, I said, I put my brave pants on and I finally brought this up and I approached you. And this, I think, was just last week. And I opened up the conversation, you know, with more or less an accusation <laughs> along the lines of Jenna you know, our relationship isn't a priority and my, my feelings are hurt. One thing I want to note that you just touched on is that seeking evidence when you were, you know, looking for evidence or for proof of where I'm not making you a priority in my life, you found it. And that's what our minds will do. Whatever it is that we're seeking to find evidence for, that we're seeking to find validation for, we will find it. Our minds are designed to find it whether it's true or not, whether it's the actual reality for the other person or not. So I thank you too for your openness and your vulnerability just to share here and to share our personal relationship as it's not unique to us. Assumptions aren't unique to us. It's something that we all deal with on a macro level and can really all relate to. So I think actually this conversation was even maybe this week or a couple of days ago and when you did choose to put your brave pants on, Nicole, and bring this to my attention, I remember being really shell-shocked and kind of, not kind of, literally mind-blown in that moment. And the reason for that is because for me, someone who's always been very independent and on their own and traveling or hopping around from city to city, you know, having relationships, but at large, staying single, keeping to myself, living life in my way, in my territory. So to be in business with you and in a home with you, to share all of my time with you, to me, I was thinking, oh my gosh, how can this woman not know that she's a priority to me? Because there quite literally is myself, my well-being, you, Lolly, our business team and family. So that is 
top tier priorities. So while you're over there feeling blindsided, Jenna, this was the story that I've been created and I've been repeating for a very, very long time. It was so alive for me. And that's another reality that we all face as humans. We create stories. Our brain naturally seeks to see and assign meaning in events. We actually can't tolerate not knowing. We love the ability to make meaning out of things that happen to us. So like I shared earlier, you going about your life, you know, whatever that means day in, day out, showing up for business, showing up for yourself, all of the while the meaning I was assigning again was not priority, another moment of not priority. Oh, look, Jenna's prioritizing this other thing as opposed to me. And again, all of our brains are doing that oftentimes very subconsciously. However, I've practiced being a conscious witness of my mind enough that I was able to begin to see those stories. And like I said, the more I repeated that story, I'm not a priority, the more I felt crappy, the more that did become my reality. The resentment was there. And I finally did get to the point that one day, and I can't even remember what was my breaking point, if you will, or why I decided to finally bring it up that day. Um, but it came from a, a place of, of deep wounding, of deep hurt. Um, and really wanting to explore, you know, why that might be the case. And the case that I was petitioning you with was, why aren't you prioritizing me, Jenna? Having the ability to even have that conversation with me or really share what was truly there came from your own witnessing. As you said, we all create meaning. We're creating meaning whether we want to or not. So we can choose the meaning we want to assign something, or in this case, it's a meaning that was there for you, apparent based on the past. And when you started to witness that and witness that going on for days or weeks or really what seems like even months, and to see that consistency and finally be able to share it, we then got to come to a common ground where, yes, you shared your authentic truth and it was so not true for me. It was blindsiding to me. And that didn't invalidate it. It didn't make it untrue. That was very real for you. However, it brought us to a common ground where you were then able to hear in a very aware space what my reality was, that to me, I was thrown because you are such a priority to me in my life. And in so many ways, I feel I devote myself to us, to our relationship, to our business, to our future together in so many ways. So when we go from that assumption, when we have the awareness of assumption or that witnessing, then we can see, okay, I'm, a, I'm making an assumption. I don't know if this is true or not for the other person, but I have this assumption and I have this meaning. So now I'm going to communicate it. I'm going from assumption to communication and present authentic communication, which is holding a space for you to actually hear what was there for me instead of making me wrong or telling me what was true or not. And it was in that communication where I had the opportunity to hear what was true for you. I wasn't thinking through the context of what I know about your past, even though I very much know your past, I didn't really kind of see your commitment, your even establishing a relationship with me, being here, living under the <laughs> roof, not fleeing and needing to be in your own space as evidence of that commitment, because I was viewing it through the lens of my own past. I've lived with partners since I was, geez, 23 years old. So living with a partner for me is more or less what I do. That's not a testament of commitment to me necessarily. Yes, I'm, of course, in relationship or was in relationship with those humans that I was living with, but 
the action of living. And again, I was 23 years old. I was living in New York City. Rent was high. It just made sense. I spent all of my time with my girlfriends anyway. Why not live under one roof? So I was viewing your life and the daily choices you were making through my own experience. And by this point, I'm 39 years old. I've lived with partners for decades. That really isn't to me a testament of this level of commitment or the level of priority. So for me, that really gifted me with the opportunity of stepping outside myself, looking at the reality and the choices that you were making on a daily basis through the lens of you and your past experience. And that really hit home. It it actually kind of like shifted me an incredible amount to say and to realize how much I was just overlaying my choices in my life with the assumption that that had the same meaning for you. Assuming that, yeah, just living with someone is just living with someone. Understanding though that making that daily commitment is a priority, a very big one. And you and I are able to have these conversations and to grow and evolve in this way because we both bring a mutual understanding to the table and a mutual curiosity to better understand the other person, which means actually holding space to what your experience is and you holding space to what my experience is, even if it doesn't necessarily agree. I mean, we all do this in so many ways. We walk around with our checklist. You walked around with your little clipboard, your imaginary clipboard and little red marker of like, oh, check. Yep. Not a priority today. Check. Yep. She's (laughs) going to do yoga for herself today. Not a priority. And we each do that. I know I also do that with you. And when we do When we do that, we create a disconnect. We create sort of a shame and a judgment and we make intimacy something that's far away, something that's not reachable or attainable. And it's through that mutual understanding or really that curiosity of one another and being able to witness, okay, this is, this is what's so for me. Let me share this with her and see what's happening there for her. And come to find out, oh, it's not that you're not a priority and that I don't care about you. It's just that I've always been in my own world with me. I've never lived with another partner. So here I am now suddenly in a life and a business that is 24 seven, we live and work under the same roof and I have two partners and four cats. So I've gone from (laughs) one person to four animals and two other human beings. So to me, that time and devotion to really Everything in my life is us now. And that was so stark and so clear to me. And yet for you, that wasn't visible or there at all because of the lens that you were seeing things from, from your past, which I know that I also do. And it takes that power of really a safe space too, of communication where you did have that courage. You didn't know what I was going to say on the other end. So for me, you know, finally then having that conversation did allow us to acknowledge, and those of you who who follow our work or in our circle or on our Instagram, hear us talk about multiple realities. And that was a prime example of my truth was still my truth. Yes, it was colored from my past when really largely, especially emotionally, I didn't feel like I was in relationships with my parents, my, my immediate family, that where my emotional needs were a priority. I very much felt I wasn't one. So understanding that I was bringing my past in, understanding what your past was allowed me to then see a new reality from both of our perspectives. And that was so incredibly important because the next step it allowed us to do is not to decide whose reality won, 
right? Who who gets it? Oh, Jenna can just go about her life exactly as it is. And I just have to work through, you know, my own internal narratives on my own. Or it didn't necessarily mean that Jenna has to uproot her day to day and show up to meet my need in any different way. However, it allowed us to then together, I used to say this all the time when I would work with couples to be sitting next to each other now on the couch with the problem of, you know, priority or connection or presence or whatever it was that I was meaning. Now the two of us can look at it together and can figure out or problem solve a way that honoring both of our realities and both of our differences that we can move forward differently. It allowed us to be now collaborative for you to hear that maybe there is a part of me that has a deeper need to have. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is more presence, more just moments where we're not work Nicole and Jenna, or just going about our own day, Nicole and Jenna, where we're just Nicole and Jenna in a relationship. So it gave us the opportunity, in other words, to negotiate both of our needs, both of our realities in a way that worked for both of us. This is why so often you hear people say relationships take work because it is really work and it's work that we both signed up for, that we're both in for. So we went from assuming to then communicating in order to get clarity where we then do get to come to this common ground where, yeah, we can collaborate or use the word negotiate. So really now we're just understanding each other because in my relationships, I do genuinely want to know how you feel. I want to know how Lolly feels. I want to understand the other person's experience because it's important to me that you do feel like a priority. And even though I'm over here in my own world, you know, knowing that you are, if that's not coming across or resonating at all to you, it doesn't make your experience right and mine wrong or yours wrong and my right. It gives us a space to look at, okay, so this is where we are. You're definitely a priority to me. You're not feeling that way. What can we do? Where can we kind of come together and go from there? So that whole conversation is coming from a conscious choice. We now can collaborate consciously, which just means we're present. We're here and we're present with one another, talking about little things that we can do to make work so that we don't get stuck in this bubble of assuming and instead are just transparent and communicating and getting clarity before we end up making all these meanings and walking around with our clipboards and check marks, finding evidence of the other person. And all of this begins before we can even communicate with what you and I always talk about, being conscious, being in awareness, learning how to witness. It was very clear to me when I paid attention to my thoughts throughout the day that I did have that checklist, that I was looking and deeming multiple moments as further evidence of not being a priority or my other favorite saying that very much is related, not being considered. And all of that is present in our thoughts. And the, most of us, if we're not tuning into our thoughts, we're just reacting from that place. We've already kind of gotten to the point where I'm feeling about not being a priority or not being considered, and then I might feel hurt. And maybe sometimes for me, that means I, I mean, I say snarky things. I'm outwardly taking out that deep hurt. Other times it means that I do the thing that I've learned from my mom. I put my hand up and I ice you, and then I hold you responsible for not making me a priority, but I'm not giving you the opportunity. I would have known none of that. I would have just lived that reaction unless until I looked and I began to look in my thoughts. And for me, I know that that's a running narrative. And I also knew that there was a very real absence of that moment, those presence, anything that would invalidate that old story in my life 
which then made me or compelled me to have a conversation with you. So the first step of all of this for all of you listening out there is to get really intimate with your own thoughts, with the meanings that you're assigning. Typically they do come not from what's happening. Yes. Colored by what's happening in reaction to what's happening though, colored by our past. And until we become aware of that, it's very hard then to make that communication because what we're doing instead is we're just a reaction. We're just reacting to it as if it's truth without even giving ourselves the opportunity to come to the table, have this beautiful, honest conversation where now we're collaborators to create a new future. And the reason that we even want to be collaborators to create a new future is because it allows for more intimacy. It allows for more connectedness and for our relationship to strengthen in a very raw, very authentic, real way, which I think for both of us is the only type of relationship that we truly want. And I think it's really important here to note too, that this wasn't just Nicole. I think there's well, I know there are a lot of treasures in all of these little triggers. So that intimate relationship and that intimate reflection with yourself first and really getting curious of where does this come from? Like, you know, what really is here for me? There was also a lot of space for me to do that in this conversation, because I know that there are also reasons that I'm responsible for that could have my partner feeling like they're not a priority, especially when for me, intimacy and that connectedness is very scary. You know, the the love that I learned and what a supportive environment was to me, what I thought that was as a child was through abandonment. It was through chaos. It was through neglect and abuse. And as a kid, when you sort of go through that environment and you start to learn that that's the definition of love and that's what connectedness and intimacy is, then you can imagine it's kind of like a volcano exploding when I'm now in an intimate relationship with a lot of genuine, authentic love with not only one person, but two people and four kittens that I love dearly. And even that love all around is, that's a lot to swallow. It's a lot for me to allow. So this was a really great space for me to just get really raw and honest with myself too of, okay, you know that Nicole is definitely a priority you know that what she's feeling is from her past. However, let's not lie to yourself, Jenna, and just say that this is all Nicole because I can be very aware and very much have been my own witness to see where I probably do keep to myself more. It is fearful to be intimate or present with you. In some moments, you know, it's very much there and it feels comfortable. And then in other moments, you'll be present or say something sweet and my stomach churns and I want to run the other way because it's fearful and scary. So to my mind and to my ego, really, it's signaling threat. You're signaling something to me that is so foreign. And eventually over time, the more that I witness it, the more that I create safety in myself and allow myself to receive love by giving myself that genuine love first, the more I start to rewire. That's that beauty of neuroplasticity. I actually do get to create new pathways in my brain and really reteach myself what love is so that eventually I can quite literally work my way into an experience where I don't have this physical reaction of like revolt or repelling to connect or to intimacy. I can actually feel safe in it and welcome it. So when we're talking about assumptions, kind of going back to the beginning of this episode and getting ready to wrap up here, the assumptions that we're making typically aren't out of left field. They're not a one-off. More often than not, the assumptions we're making, the stories we're telling ourselves are very much colored in our past experiences, which means that they're 
they're raw. They contain pain. They contain that reactivity and that coming from that place of deep hurt. And more often than not, there are both people participating to some extent. And I think as humans, we like to, or a lot of us humans like to throw the responsibility totally on the other person. And I think what's really important here is when we're exploring our assumptions with another person, really being open to the parts that both parties are playing by what they're doing or what they're not doing. And all of this gets built from that foundation of consciousness, from that awareness and from the ability to be vulnerable and curious. And of course, all of this, like we often say, is a process, especially if you come from both of our past in a very real way. Intimacy is very uncomfortable. Having the reason why I didn't put my brave girl pants on for a very long time was because it's very, it was very uncomfortable for me to imagine bringing up my concern directly to you. So it took me a bit of time. And in that bit of time, what I was doing was reacting to those old assumptions. I was essentially doing my part to continue to create those old experiences and not even giving either of us an opportunity to move into something new. So our work really begins with that basis of consciousness when we are able to see our internal world, our emotions, the way we're reacting to both of those spaces, then we're able to create change. And that's what these conversations are about. That's what the work you and I do in the circle is about. It's really about how do we empower ourselves to create a future that looks different from that past that most of us are stuck reliving. And whenever we're talking about assumptions, it's key here to keep an open mind. I know even in a moment, a couple of weeks ago, and Nicole, you said, you know, I want to talk to you about something, or I just want, I want to talk. And I know all day long, it was very busy and I was working, but it came to evening. And I also know that there was a fear in me throughout that whole day that I think a lot of partners can experience when someone comes to them or a boss comes to them or a coworker comes to them and says, you know, I need to talk to you. A lot of us go into a fear state and I would be lying to myself if I didn't acknowledge that there was this sort of oh my gosh, what is this person going to say? And I have to coach myself through it. We all do coach myself in the sense of just be open, be open to hearing. And before I can even be open to hearing anything that you have to say, or that any other person has to say, I have to be open to hearing myself. I have to be open to really turning a mirror and a light on me and getting intimate, being curious of what actually is there for me. So here we've talked about assuming and really the disconnect and the wedge that that drives between connection of people when we do assume and how getting through assuming comes through having present communication, honest, authentic communication. That means you're also being a space to genuinely hear the other person's perspective. If I wanted to listen to Nicole saying I wasn't a priority and just dismiss her and validate her and get reactive we wouldn't get anywhere. We would have more of the same. And if we wanted that in our relationship, then fine, that would work. However, it's not what we want for ourselves. So having open-minded, authentic, and present communication is really the key. That's what then is going to give you the clarity of all of those assumptions. And when you have that clarity, you can move forward in a very present space where you get to choose. You can choose how you step forward with yourself and together. Speaking of open, authentic communication, one of the biggest reasons you and I show up here for week after week to have these conversations is for that intention to open up a space where we feel not only can we be vulnerable and honest about what's going on with us, we can hopefully do so in a way that 
impacts all of you listeners out there. So as always, looking forward to continuing this conversation on the next episode.